Okay, we're recording. Several people said they could not be here today. They were on vacation. They were traveling. Uh, they wanted to record uh, this, so, so we're going to do this for them. Uh, we're going to Montana. Have you got vacation plans? We just got back, actually. And from Italy. It Oh, excuse me. Their favorite place, their favorite place back here. So after class, you can share your stories. So how about Italy? Well, I got to go to Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I was out of the country. Out of the country, too. <laughs> and Don, I've, I've got some summer plans, too. I'm going to church camp. To church camp, yes, the church camp. Been there, been there, done that, right? Right? Oh, very good, very good. So, uh, Great. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any plans. He's going to have a 50th anniversary. He's going to have a 50th anniversary. Oh, oh, yeah. 50th anniversary, but no plans. We, 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 we went skiing, right? We went skiing. So, that was the best, the best thing. So, uh, anyway, but, but yeah, um, it's great. It's great to have plans and be able to go places and do things and build those memories. So it takes money to do that. Yeah. I know back, uh, uh, Melissa was not, uh, uh, was it two, yeah, not three yet. She was not three years old yet. And we said, we are going to save our money up and go on vacation. And so we did. We, uh, we created a savings account and we saved money up uh, because we wanted to go to the to what just opened in 1971. What opened in 1971? Disney World. Yes, yes. And we want to take Melissa to Disney World because after she was three, she was no longer free. So we know how much money we needed. And so we saved her money up and we went to Disney World in 1972. Uh, took Melissa. Since then, she's been there 185 times. Uh, this year, she's approached 30 days within the last 12 months. Here shortly, so at uh, Disney. So I think we did it. Was when I was 29, I married into a Disney family. But now I've probably been 20 months. <laughs> so memories, memories, but they take money, right? They take money. And last week. And sometimes even a lot of money. So you got to save up. Last week we talked about uh, commitment is learned, our contentment is learned, and being content. We went over this: uh, trust in God, find joy, uh, pray, and be thankful. And this week we're going to read a scripture, and I need your input in this. We go to the scripture. Would somebody read this slide? Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Okay, how many of you heard of this, the scripture? Nobody talked about it. Okay, some of you heard about it. Okay, so you got a rich man. Okay, this guy's got to be really rich because what does he have? He has a manager. He is a manager. Okay, and he's managing his possessions. Okay, um... Some of you work for companies and you're managers and you're managing someone else's position. Does anybody do that? Manage other people's possessions? Yeah, yeah, some people do. So this guy is doing that. Now, what's the story? Someone read this one for us? So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can, cannot be manager any longer. You're fired, right? That we saying you're fired. Okay, you can't do this anymore. You're fired because what's happened? What's he doing? Or 
as he thinks he's doing, at least. He's mismanaging his money. He's going to fire him. He's going to get somebody who can do this job better. So you've got a guy that's a boss, and you've got a guy that's a subordinate, and the subordinate's in trouble. So what does he do now? The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. Okay, so here I am. I, I, I cannot dig. I never could dig. I had an inside job. This guy's got an inside job. Okay, he's got an inside job, and he's not going to do a shame to beg. He's embarrassed to beg. Okay, so what is he going to do? And this guy is in a lot of trouble. This guy is in a lot of trouble because he depended upon this, this boss. He depended upon the boss for all of his living, where he lives, all of his uh, food, clothing, income. He depended on it. So now he's trying to figure this out. So, someone else. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their house. <laughs> okay, Chris, what is he saying here? Sounds like he said he's going to suck up to some people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do something here so that when I lose my job, which I'm losing my job, people are going to take me in, take me in. Okay. So, sounds so, go ahead. Yeah, it's an interesting note that not only was he a poor manager of his boss's money, but it seems like he's also a poor manager of his own situation. Yeah. Yeah. If you back up one slide, he goes straight from, well, I'm losing my job to, well, I can't dig and I'm, I'm too ashamed to beg, right? Yeah. So he's going straight to the bottom. And he, has, he has nothing, no plan, no nothing. Right. Nowhere to go, nothing. He's not saved anything. He hasn't done anything. He's sitting there and he's saying, what, what is going to happen to me? Um, but he must be fairly intelligent because he's got an idea. He's got an idea, right? He's got an idea. I'm going to, I'm going to lose my job, but I've got to do something so people will welcome me into their home so someone will take me in. Does this sound like uh, anybody that has left home, went to college, and got a job and lost their job, where do they go? Back home. Oh, back home. So he's trying to figure out where he's going to go. All right? Someone else? So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? Okay. All right. So I got this idea. I'm going to call these people together that, are, that, are, that have outstanding credit, credit cards. Okay. okay. So the next one says, 900 gallons of olive oil. Now to me, that's a lot of olive oil. I don't yeah. know. We have a week out by these little bitty gyros. Chris has been buying them about, I don't even know how many ounces it is, about like this, about like Instead of the Crisco, because she thinks it may be healthier for us to do that. I don't know if it is or not, but we use it. So when I make the waffles, I use that stuff, right? So 900 gallons, that's a lot to me. Uh, and the manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, sit down quickly, and make it 450. So cut it in half and do it quickly. So why do you think he said do it quickly? For his master could veto it probably. Yeah, yeah. Do it quickly. Got to get, got to get this done. Write it out. Write it down. Put it down. Legally, get those legal documents right. Get all that legal work done. Okay. Then he asked the second, 
How much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. Okay? A thousand bushels of wheat. Now, that's, that's a lot of wheat. My grandfather used to uh, take a bushel basket, you know, you don't see these much anymore, but, but a bushel basket, about like that size and that size, but you don't know what size they are, but a bushel basket, and he and I would go and we would pick, um, and we, it would take us quite a while, peaches, and fill that basket of peaches. It would take us quite a while, the two of us, to fill that basket with peaches, about that round, and the basket was bigger. We'd fill that basket up, and then he'd put it in his truck, and we would drive down the street and walk on somebody's door out in the country, knock on somebody's door, and ask if they want peaches for 50 cents a bushel. But if, that was <coughs> But he's now we're talking about a thousand bushels of wheat that he He's going to cut it in half. All right. So we got two guys that called him in, and then the master hears about this. Hears about what's going on. The master is now involved in this. Remember, we did it quickly. It's what's the master say. So read this. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. He's going to get fired. Why is he? Why is he doing this? Why he com commended? Why is he commended? Because he acted shrewdly. What What does shrewdly mean to you? He's pretty smart. Yeah, clever. Very clever. Very smart. Very thoughtful. Thoughtful. He knew, okay, he doesn't have a place to live, doesn't have a place to go. What's he going to do? So here, here's the boss, the boss who understands his subordinate very well and understands that was a pretty smart thing to do. <coughs> Now, what does the boss think about uh, the fact that he has uh, lost uh, half his olive oil? What do you think the boss thinks about that? Doesn't really say much about it. So maybe he's just that rich. Yeah, <laughs> pretty rich. It's possible that the, yeah. the manager's thinking that this is shrewd because the guy managed to collect on essentially bad debt. So there was this outstanding debt <coughs> that was Right. zero percent return. At least I got half of the olive oil. I got 80% of the yeah. uh, wheat. Yeah. So that's something rather than nothing. That's right. We got something out of this. We got something. He actually got us something out of this. Okay. He got us somewhere. Because we're going to get the other. We're going to get the rest of the olive oil. We're going to get, or they wouldn't have done that. Because he was asking the person that owed the debt to, to write that out and agree to that. So that person was agreeing to that. Agreed to this. Bless you bring to that. Okay, so he acted shrewdly. All right. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than they are the people of the light. What does this mean? Who are the people of the light that Jesus is talking about here? Who are the people of the light? No? An initial guess might be the Okay, people of God, yeah, the people who the prom was given the promise. The people of God that were given the promise were the people of the light. And what he's saying here is that the people of the world are more shrewd than they are the people of light. Now, why would, they, why would Jesus say that in this parable? Why would he say that? 
Well, you would hope that the people that of the light would actually honor what they had originally agreed to do rather than settle. Okay. They would want to fulfill their obligation that the word or bond would be. Like the people that would say, oh yeah, I'll take that deal because I'm, I'm owe less now than I did before. Just a thought. Okay. I think it's a big part of where the focus is. And uh, <coughs> their shrewdness is something they live with and do every day. And uh, the people of life don't have their focus on that. Okay. Cutting corners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Finding ways to beat the system. What's that? Finding ways to kind of beat the system or whatever. Yeah. Okay. My manager was commended for taking full advantage of his limited time and opportunity. That's what the boss was saying. He took full advantage of the time, which was very short. Obviously, he was fired, and he went out and very quickly got these two people that owed a lot of owed, owed a lot, reduced that debt, and he made made it made it into an opportunity to do that. So, what is this? Is there an application of this for us? This part of this parable does. You know, I've always, this story has always been a little challenging for me because yeah. I wasn't sure if the manager was really saying, or the owner was, the master was really saying, yeah, like, I'm commending you, but I, I mean, what I'm doing is really highlighting the fact that if you'd have done your job along the way, you would have had to take this action or whatever. So it's, it's almost like a backhanded compliment to me. Okay. I don't know. Again, no. I'm not saying it can't be seen other ways, but that's, that's yeah, always kind of sure. seen that way to me, that he, he was almost like saying, you're, you're kind of good at being clever, but I wish you'd just been better at managing my papers. Okay. Any application for us, though? Okay, we've got limited resources. We don't, we don't, we don't have a lot of money. Okay, we've got limited resources. And so it's taking advantage, making something out of what little that we have, being able to do something with that. I think this is a, a, an important part of this. Uh, if we're if we are considered of the light, of the promise of God, and we're uh, we believe in Jesus, and we have that that gift of heaven uh, waiting for us, then we need to take uh, use this as an opportunity and do something. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a few weeks, but um, have you ever read obituaries? No, you know, no, 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 don't read obituaries, okay? Well, in my case, I've actually written a couple of obituaries, okay? Um, if you read those sometime, when you, in the future, when you read those, you'll find that this person was really good at the um, flower club. They remember the flower club. They were involved in the Optimist Club. They participated in this or with this organization. They were very friendly. They loved their family. But what did they do with their life? What did they do? What did this guy do? Well, this guy did something that was very shrewd, very sharp, sharper than the people the people had to promise. He did something. So what are we going? What are we, I think this whole parable is about what are we going to do with our limited resources and shrewd enough, thoughtful enough, 
loving enough, kind enough to do that. Uh, years ago, uh, we were in uh, visiting our other daughter in Dallas when she lived in Dallas. And on the way there, um, uh, my father-in-law, who is not a giving person, uh, he, he, just, he just never did that. He never gave anybody anything, really, a uh, bunch of anything. Um, he actually, only time ever happened, gave us $50. And I think he was intending, and this is my thought, he never said this, but he just gave us $50, and I don't know why. But I think he was intending us for gas money or so that we could make this trip, you know, this, and he was, gave us this $50. And um, it was in cash. And uh, we put the $50 in uh, my pocket, and uh, we went on to, uh, to Dallas to visit our other daughter. And we went to church um, at South Lake, where they were going. We went to church, and the service was led by a missionary. And uh, he and his wife, and I think they had one or two kids, but they were going to go do mission work. And I don't even remember where it was, I, somewhere else. They were going to go do mission work. And they were there speaking about their mission work, what they were going to do. They were raising funds, and, and they were going to do this as a family. And this is something God had called them on, much like Brittany and Jeremy, our, our uh, niece and her husband, their missionaries in, in Africa. And uh, my, my wife and I sat there, and um, we thought, wow, we just got $50. And they could use it. And so we took it up to them, and we said, we want to help them. So we were we were given it as a gift, and we, we and we gave it away as a gift. Um, that was the only spur of the moment. We didn't do a lot of spur of the moment things. Have you all done spur of the moment things like that, where you've seen somebody that uh, you you have limited resources and you've done opportunity to do something? Does anybody have, got anything they want to share? Yes, I have a story when I was a teenager. Yes which made me a, a big believer in giving, and this almost sounds like a, a fairy tale. When I was a teenager, I, I worked and I made a fair amount of money at the time, I thought, and went to church and had not been giving anything. And the preacher was so persuasive, I took every bit of money I had out of my pocket, which was $200, put it in the plate, I went home, and in a couple days I got a check from somebody that I had done things for that had not paid me. It was $200. They got my attention. Yeah. Right, right here. It's yeah. like terrible, huh? Yeah. Anybody else? Look for those opportunities. I think they're worth looking for opportunities as you see things and see people uh, that um, that you help. Uh, we were uh, going to the Lipson basketball game earlier uh, uh, last year, I guess, the end of the year. Um, we were on our way, and, and uh, Michael takes a, uh, the short, long way. He goes down 65 and cuts over Harding uh, instead of right down Granny White. It's great, great. So, but because it's faster, I guess that way. But anyway, so, but Michael, we get out and we get on uh, Old Hickory, uh, and we get ready to turn, and there's the guy standing there. You know, the right. guy standing there, and Kyle uh, is in the back. Uh, he's in the back seat, and Kyle says, uh, "Dad, there he is." And Michael says, "Okay, get the bag." And Kyle reaches back and, and 
gets a bag that Melissa had put together for the man, or, or whoever they would come across, and uh, gave him the bag. I don't even know what was in the bag. I don't know. It may have been from the Halloween trick-or-treat thing with all the socks and the vanilla bars and the Kleenex and stuff. I don't know. It had been one of those. We had a bunch of them in there. Put them together and, and, uh, and uh, do that. I know Frank uh, Bennett uh, has a befriended uh, one of the gentlemen uh, uh, that uh, uh, over the last several several months, several months, befriended the gentleman and uh, been trying to help him find a job and, and uh, so so some of those stories, some of those things. We were uh, Chris has a friend and and I may have mentioned this in the first place. She has a friend that uh, lived with us a little bit for a month or so after she had a liver transplant. She was homeless for 17 years. She was homeless, she lived in the street for 17 years. Now, that's not it. She has two jobs, in fact, she has two jobs. She works uh, both jobs uh, regularly. Uh, she's doing very well. She's been in recovery for uh, 15 years, and uh, she's doing very well. But when we, uh, we pick her up sometimes and we take her somewhere, like we took her to the airport today, and we would drive down 65 and we'd get off at Harding and see, oh, I used to be, that used to be where I was. I stood right there. I stood at that point. I stood right there. I used to stay under this bridge, she would say. Oh, I know that man. I know that man. I know him. So take advantage. Look for opportunities to take advantage. Can I tell one more story? Yeah, you bet. You bet. <laughs> I'm working with a lot of different people at... Uh, church, uh, a lady had, was struggling financially and wanted help from the church, and, you know, some of these things. And um, we told her, or I told her, we would help her, and then doing all that, help her do her budget and that kind of thing, but what I wanted her to do was take a manila envelope, which I gave to her, and I said, for the next three months, I want you to put some money in there, I don't care if it's a dollar, I don't whatever. And when you bring it to me at the end of the month, I will double it. And she said, well, that's crazy. So the first month, it was like $10 in there. The third month, it was two or $300. And so I did. I said, okay. She said, you have taught me something. That in giving and saving, the returns will come. And she said, I was just spending everything. And I focused on that. That became very important. I'm still in touch with it. It's been about 10 years ago. Yeah. How did you say you met her? Was it a family or? She actually was a single mother with about eight children. And uh, she, went, she went to the Church of Christ here, local, close by. And uh, it just turned her life around. And when I tell that story, most of the time, most people think, that's crazy. But I was trying to show her that a dollar or five dollars properly put somewhere, couldn't magnify it, and she didn't know that. Yeah, some people don't, some people don't understand that, God don't have that concept. That's why Tom next week will be so valuable, because he's going to teach how to do that. Yeah. <coughs> I think you have to be able to see those opportunities, too, a lot of times we just don't look, you know, we just don't look around for them. Um, my sister's, one, a church she attended at one point in Atlanta, had a huge um, event where a donor in the church donated a certain amount of money because he wanted everyone to be able to have the experience of giving, to know what it felt like, but he wanted everybody to be intentional in that giving and actually look for something, not just 
write a check to a charity or give it from the plate at church, but actually seek out someone who needed something that they could provide, um, it, monetarily in this case. But and they had a huge Sunday. They passed out um, cash to every everybody from I think third grade up or something, and, every, and it was different amounts. Some people got fifty dollars, some people got one hundred and fifty. I mean, everybody got different amounts, all this kind of stuff. But they had specific instructions of what you had to do with it, and what you were going to spend it on, and all this kind of thing. And then they collected the stories afterwards, and they spent a month, maybe, you know, yeah, giving month. the money away. And it was this huge, you know, payout. But he wanted everyone to be able to screen tag because some people hadn't ever actually had to seek for somebody to give something, or they didn't have the money to give. They didn't feel like so, you know. Um, he wanted them to have that experience so that they would then do it again and keep doing it. And we got, to, I got to be a part of the big celebration Sunday at the end because the Zoe group was asked to leave worship, and and it was just amazing because they had so many stories of, of people who went to the pharmacy and people couldn't pay for their medicine, and so they're like, hey, can I can I pay for your medicine? You know, I want I want to I want to get that for you, you know, and of course paying off layaways and things, you know, and it wasn't a holiday time, it wasn't a typical you know giving time, but people had great stories with teenagers and you know all um, and people actually intentionally going, hey, we want to provide this meal. For you know your whole family at this funeral, or we want to do, and some of it was huge stuff um, and major things, um, paying off medical bills and things for people, and other others were small things, but they all were big to that person, you know, and they were in, intentional. And I think looking for that intention is something that is harder because it's easy to write a check to you know some some charity organization. I can write one to Main the Streets, I can write one to Wayne Reed, you know, and I can do that kind of thing, and that's great. But to actually look for somebody that you can help is is a different way of, of seeking, um, you know, to give or to, to be intentional. Yeah, there were uh, opportunities. Those stories were amazing, just mm -hmm. absolutely. There were stories about people getting in their car and driving around, actually driving, looking for people, driving. There were people that went into into McDonald's and there was somebody in without any shoes, and they went and took them and bought shoes and all the stories and stories. But a, but a guy just said, uh, God has blessed me in my business, and told Don McLaughlin, called just one-on-one -on -one with Don McLaughlin, I want to give the church a million dollars, and then I want you to divide it up amongst everybody that's there on that particular day. What, they didn't announce it, they just did it on a day. Mm -hmm. uh, for the people. So you had even had visitors there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I they that. <laughs> Maybe they're going to try that. <laughs> So, but they called him in, told Don what he wanted to do. Don worked with, with Melanie, um, our daughter, and that they put this team together to actually figure out how they're going to do it, how they were going to do it, and, uh, and, and all. And uh, then the guy calls Don McAuliffe a month later and says, uh, you know, um, I, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Uh, so he goes back to his office, and the, the businessman, he did not a member at the North Atlanta, no. and the businessman said, um, Mr. Blockwood, uh, my business is not doing very well. This is 2008, and things have taken a downturn. And uh, I've been thinking about this and praying about this, God. And, uh, and Don Blockwood is sitting there saying, well, there goes the whole thing we've been working on because we lose our million dollars. And the guy said, uh, I'd like to give you a, a million and a half in faith. My business is going to pick up because I'm going to do it back to your story. They want to give you a million and a half. So they had a million and a half dollars to divide up, and and and, and, and they wrote a, I put, they put together a, some kind of a book on all the stories that they had in the Bible classes. That's all that people did was get up and tell stories for a month about what happened. I met this person, and the whole day knew this person, and, and 
all the things that they did helping people, helping families, helping homeless people. They found people living in their cars and things that they were able to help. So, so I think the way you do that on a smaller scale, at least the way, the way I do that, because I like to be spontaneous and being able to help people, but I, I'm also try, I try to be really strict to my budget. So if I don't have room in the budget, I can't really be, even when I see those opportunities, I can't act on them. So what I've started doing is budgeting in money to give away. Yeah. And right. so, um, and that doesn't happen every month. So if, if I don't give the money that I budget away, then I just let that roll over into an account. And so it, it may accumulate two or three months and then I can you know, have that opportunity to do that. But that's what's worked for me is because I'm not good at being, um, you know, Spontaneous. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be spontaneous, but if I can just budget that in, then it, then it works for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Good point. Good. And what about on that, too, is very similar to you. If I'm not intentional about putting it in the budget and doing it kind of towards the top of the budget, yeah. I don't, if I don't do it first, something else always takes priority. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lesson I learned a couple of years ago. We, we we decided it's got to be up there because if it's not up there on, on the top priority queue, something else, you know, kids with the school or this field trip or church camp or car needs tires or something is always going to come up that's right. going to compete for that money. Um, so that's that's just the discipline that we've had to build into. And like you, sometimes it does, it's not always as big, sometimes it's different. That's a discipline we've had. Some people call it, uh, what are we going to live on? How much are we going to live on? And if you don't decide early, early on, how much you're going to live on, you will live on all of it. You just spend it all. Plus right? a little. Right? <laughs> yeah, plus a little. Today, plus a little. Right. And you quickly get in, in credit card debt. And we see a lot of that. We see a lot of the credit card. People usually come and they ask for help. And anybody that needs help, that's what Ed is for. Lincoln, myself, uh, Tom, all of us help. No charges. We help people all the time. Uh, but they usually come in and it's a very, very, very difficult, complex situation. But but that's what we're here for, to help them. Because people have not decided they're going to live on this. They decide they're going to live on whatever it is that comes in. And then they're not able to, to do the other things that they need to be doing, which is what the subordinate was doing here. He was, he was shrewd. He was planning. He was figuring this thing out. And we need to kind of figure that out, figure out how much we're going to, to live on. And even today, Chris and I still, we have a dollar amount that we're living on this amount. This is what we're, we're, we're living on. We've done that all along. And when I started working, got out of partying, we got married the next week and took the little honeymoon, I think I told the story. And then we uh, went to Oklahoma City. She cried all the way. She didn't have been there. She didn't, didn't know anybody. Didn't have a job. And this is a palace. Look at this two-bedroom furnished apartment. You'll love it here. You'll, it's a beautiful home we have here. And no car, no nothing, didn't know anybody, sat in there by herself all day long with a nine-inch black and white TV. So really exciting. I thought she was I thought this was heaven. I thought this was heaven. Nineteen, yeah, she was nineteen. I thought this was heaven. This was not what she had in mind. Not at all. But we started planning how much we were going to, 
what we were going to do, how much we were going to use, and we were going to save the rest. And the company had a 401k, which Tom will talk, talk about, a, a savings plan where they would match a portion of what you would put into it. So we started putting, you know, this 4%, we put the 4% in, we never missed it. We never, we never, never missed it. Never missed it. But because we didn't live on all of it, every bit, every penny of it. So there are things. So this is what this, I think this is what I'm talking about, what we should do. I think we should take a, a look at things a little bit differently, a little bit differently than people who aren't of the light or who aren't Christians, who aren't uh, followers of Jesus. Um, and this is what we've been talking about. How do we take full advantage of the time and the money? How are we going to do that? What are the things that we're going to put in our lives? And it goes on in Luke 9. Would someone read this first? I tell you, you use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Yeah, what does that say? Now, this is not one of those, oh, I know what that said. What, what does that say to you? <coughs> can't take it with you. Huh? You can't take it with you. can't take it with you. But it goes back to the... First week, I've got it down there somewhere where the U-Haul uh, is behind the hearse, okay, at the cemetery. Can't take it with you. So, <laughs> I think this is the important part of this. Eternal dwellings. There's something there that's really, really, really going to be great. So you can take it with you, so use it wisely, make good decisions. So, uh, somebody watch our time. I don't have... It's few minutes. It's about 9.42. So we've got three minutes is what you're telling me. Okay? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I only have about another 45 minutes to go. <laughs> okay. Jesus said our money can make a difference, a forever difference. Not just a difference, a forever difference. So we need to use it wisely. We need to enjoy it. And when you're in Montana, it will be beautiful. You will have memories. You'll you'll see the things that some of the things you haven't seen before, and you'll enjoy those kind of things. And then you'll be able to tell other people how beautiful God's creation is, how how wonderful and great Italy was. I've never been there, never been there, but I'm sure you saw a lot of things saying, "Wow, this is amazing." And as uh, Melissa's sister once said when we were in England, this is really old. We don't have that here. We don't see that here. We don't see the old things here. Okay. Epcot. Epcot. Wasn't even there in 1972 the first time we didn't have Epcot. You've been to Italy, we said. You've been to Italy. Oh, oh yes. you've been to Epcot. Yeah, I was saying. Oh, yeah, you've got okay. the tour. Yeah, the corner over there. The corner over there. Over there. Just like I've been to Olive Garden. They have the tour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Make a forever difference. And that's what we've been talking about, what it's all about, is making for it. Uh, see, all of what we have is a means to an end, and we didn't get into a lot of that discussion, but I want to talk about and then We talked about this. You decide. You make a decision on a percentage that you're going to live on and decide, uh, and decide ahead of time. It's early better earlier to decide those kind of things and turn, turn stuff into, into stories. And I have got the stuff. I've got stuff that says Melissa on it in my head that really belongs to Michael. You know, trophies. And so don't be surprised if uh, some of the grandkids are at Christmas time get, get uh, 
uh, gymnastics trophies. <laughs> and they aren't in gymnastics. You're going to take the cheap way out. What's that? You're going to take the cheap way out. Yeah, the cheap way out. Yes, yes. I know the granddaughter for Christmas, I know what she's getting for Christmas already. Yes, that sweatshirt that has their name. High school graduated and all their names are on, and their names are on the back of that sweatshirt. But the stuff, turn stuff into stories, into stories. And that's what we're, we did. I gave them their, all of their income taxes from, from the first time they filed an income tax. I gave it to them for Christmas. Turn stuff into stories. So make stories. What a mean thing to do. Oh, well, they, uh, no, I thought it was great. When she worked at the Limited. Oh, I made that much work at the Limited? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's important that we, do, that we look at those kinds of things, make stories, and, and with the money, with limited resources we have, take those opportunities to make those stories and those travels and those trips and do those things that you set out to do and that you want to be able to do, whether it's Disney or Italy or Montana or wherever. Where, where are you? Where are you going? You're leaving on vacation. Uh, we just got back. We got back. Camping in North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful. North Carolina is beautiful. And camp will be great. You'll have, a, you'll have a great time. That's what I hear. Yeah. You haven't been? No. No? Uh, my, my oldest son is Tell me. going for right. a year. It's the best. You're <laughs> <laughs> going to the new camp then, aren't you? Three, four, five. Yeah. Okay. It's a big guinea pig. Very good. <laughs> Thanks for your comments very much. Appreciate it. And we'll pray as we're closer. Father, we thank you for this special day, this time together. We thank you for everyone in this room. And we ask that you would continue to... Uh, work in our lives, that you would help us to use all opportunities uh, as a blessing, that we would that our decisions to use the, the resources and the, the, all the money and the things that you have blessed us with, uh, use it to the advantage uh, for that eternal life that we have, that blessing. Help us to be able to know what to do and what to say, to encourage other people to also join us in uh, their love for Jesus. Take them on as your your son is our Savior. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.